Hallelujah. When we were lost and undone, it was the wonderful grace of God that came to our rescue. And we bless you here today. We bless you here today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. One more time, clap your hands at the Lord. Let's give him a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. So grateful for the spirit and the presence of God that we felt here on Sunday. I mean, I just love when God steps in and takes over in a service, don't you? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, I was going to say this on Sunday, but, you know, when the Spirit of God takes over, I didn't, didn't have a chance. But this month, earlier this month, I missed it, but marked 17 years since I walked into an apostolic church for the first time. Was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's been the greatest 17 years of my life. And let me tell you, living for God only gets better and better and better. If, you, if you're doing it right, it should get better and better and better. Amen. There should be nothing like living for God. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful that, that, that the, the just, just living for God has become so exponential in my life. And, and just seeing all the things that God has done through the years is just unimaginable. That's the kind of God that we serve above all that we can ask or even imagine. He just is exceeding and abundant. Hallelujah. Amen. Also wanted to ask the churches, uh, as they're getting to your verse, um, to pray for, uh, pray for my wife and I. We're going to be traveling tomorrow. We'll be back Saturday afternoon. Um, I'm going down to Southern California to preach a, a youth deal and uh, just covet the church's prayer that we would be able to affect uh, all the young people of the Southern California region. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given to, unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Somebody say, he gave me everything I need. Through the knowledge of him that called us unto glory and virtue. Somebody say, he called me up higher. <laughs> and whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Somebody say, those are good promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And beside all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How many loves those verses right there? I've, I started this last week talking about the culture of addition. So that's what we're going to talk about and finish here tonight. The culture of addition part two. Amen. Set down your Bibles and lift up your voice and let's pray. 
Hallelujah. Would you join with us here today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, God, in your presence. We're asking, Lord, that you would do a work in us here today. And we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them God bless you. And then you can be seated here today. Amen. The culture of addition. Over the next several weeks, I really feel impressed of the Holy Ghost as we initiated about two weeks ago to talk about the culture of the kingdom. And in that, there are several uh, cultural things that we find in Scripture, and we're going to dive into them and try our best to try to dig them out and to start applying them to our lives. Uh, and, 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 and one of those things that I really felt impressed, before we can move on to any of the other things that God might have for us in the Word of God, we have got to have a culture in this local assembly of addition. We've got to be the kind of people that look for opportunities to have things added to us by God. We've got to be the kind of folks that are not trying to avoid the additions that God makes, uh, but we've got to be looking for every service as an opportunity to say, God, give, it, give me some more. Amen. The kind of uh, environment in which people are not complacent or satisfied. I want you to know that when you stepped into the kingdom of God, this is not all there was. You didn't just get baptized and enter the kingdom and that was it and that was all there was was your salvation experience. But I want you to know that when you stepped into this kingdom, you stepped into an everlasting kingdom. You stepped into an expanding kingdom. You stepped into a kingdom without end. You stepped into a government that is forever expanding and growing. Amen. There's always more in God. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. So when you walk into this kingdom, and I'll probably say this many times before we're done talking about the kingdom, and we may never stop talking about the kingdom. It's one of the major subjects that Jesus talked about. Uh, we talk about John chapter 3, that except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. Except a man is born again, he cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. And so we have, we have taken that verse in its proper context and let people know that if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to understand this kingdom. But not only that, you're not going to enter this kingdom. And we understand when we say that, that we are referring to people being saved and that is absolutely a fact that if you've not repented of your sins been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost you cannot go to heaven I hope that that's already been set and laid in the foundation of this church well well amen before you or I ever showed up amen but I want you to know that that statement by Jesus is actually going deeper than just going to heaven He's saying that when you have repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, born again of water and of spirit, born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible by the word of God, you are entering into a kingdom. When you walked in this building here today, you walked through that door or maybe you came through this back door. And, and that is what being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost is. You walked into the door of the kingdom. 
It's a kingdom that is not just one day. It's not you're just going to fly away one day and you're going to get there. But there was a kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is with you and the kingdom is in you. Can I tell you, you are a walking representative of another world. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. But when you got that kingdom experience, when you stepped in the kingdom, it's like walking through the door. And a lot of people, they walk through the door, and for the rest of their Christian experience, they start talking about how great the door is. Come on. Oh, there's a lovely door. Those double doors right there, man, they sure are pretty. Somebody stained them real nice. Come on. Oh, man, you know, when you ask for a testimony, they go, well, 45 years ago, I was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I got a question for you. Has God done anything in your life in the last 45 years? Come on. I, I know we've all sat through a few of those testimony services, and I love them. We're going to have them around here. But I hope that when you get an opportunity, amen, I told you, I thank God that 17 years ago. But I can tell you what God's done this week, and I can tell you what I'm believing God for next week because I didn't stay at the door. I walked through the hallway. I made my way to the living room. I moved from that to the den. I moved to the kitchen from room one, two, three. Can I tell you, this kingdom is huge. This kingdom is expansive. This kingdom kingdoms worth shouting over oh somebody praise him hallelujah you can be hard pressed to get me more excited than when i start talking about the kingdom of god because i'm not just trying to get people to heaven i want them to understand that there's principles in the kingdom of god this kingdom is it, it it's it, it's like if you were here in the united states i want to explain something about the kingdom it's if like you were here in the united states and you decided that you want to be an australian citizen so what you do is you renounce your U.S. citizenship and you apply for citizenship in, in Australia. I know that's not how easy it works. But let's say they were to give you your citizenship. Guess what? You never left the ground here in the United States, but you're no longer a citizen. Amen. You're, you're now a citizen of another country. When you repented of your sins and you were baptized in Jesus' name, you renounced your citizenship to this world and you accepted another citizenship. It's a heavenly citizenship. Mm. I could preach to somebody. You did something more than just get wet in water. You, you got and renounced. You had a death certificate here on earth, and you claimed a birth certificate in another world. That kingdom has come to earth, but that kingdom comes with it. That's why the Bible says we're ambassadors. Amen. An ambassador is somebody who's not from the country but they showed up to the country to represent the country, amen, that they came from. When you, when you were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, you, you might have never left your home state and your home city, amen. You may maybe have never stopped going to Grandma's house for Thanksgiving, but when you show up next time to Grandma's house, uh, you are a delegate, you are an ambassador, you are somebody that is from another culture, Man, and that culture, it might go against the grain of this society. It might go against the grain of this culture that we are currently living in. But you're not going to this culture, amen, to try to please this culture. You are showing up like an ambassador or a delegate of the culture of the kingdom. You are showing up, amen, into this society, amen, coming from a heavenly society. They might have all sorts of weird things down here, don't know their gender, don't know what's going on, but you're coming from a kingdom that's eternal. You're coming Come on, somebody. Amen. That's theology for somebody. 
Man, this ain't, this ain't spiritual guru talk. This is actual Bible. This is what Jesus talked about when he came into the earth. Amen. Everything he was doing was not just countercultural. It was a completely different culture. Amen. And they didn't understand it then, and, 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 and often we have trouble understanding it now. But, but part of this culture, and as we go through some of these other cultures, we're going to understand that when we talk about these cultures, when we talk about this kingdom, we've got to stop representing the culture that we know here on earth. You're no longer an American. Hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody out here today. You can be red, white, and blue till you're blue in the face. That's great. God bless America. I'm glad to live here. But when you were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, you're no longer an American. You're no longer a Mexican. You're no longer, amen, amen, a Guatemalan. You're no longer, amen, a Chinese person. You are a child of God. Amen. You're a child of God, which means you've got a completely different culture. You've got a completely different ideology. Amen. And, and, and often when people come into the culture of the kingdom, they, they, they've ha- they have a hard time shaking off the cultures that they came from. Amen. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to shift the culture that they came from and start accepting the culture that God has put them into. Because you're not a delegate of the culture you came from or the family you came from. Yes, we all have past and we all have history, but that was buried under the water in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But in this culture, we don't have the culture like the world would say, well, I already know that. I know it all. I figured it all out. Oh, uh, yep. I, I got on Wikipedia. I got Google, so I've got all information. This kingdom is ever expanding, which should let us know that we don't have all the answers. Amen. Now we do have a word of God that is forever settled in heaven. Now I don't want that to ever get mistreated or or, or misunderstood. But we don't have everything figured out. And and as we walk with God, we are starting to understand a lot more about the kingdom of God. And as we live in our Christian life, if we're doing it properly, we have a culture of addition that says, God, add to me more things. And as we started talking about last week, that is exactly what God has started to do. God has already added to us all things that we need, amen, that pertain to life and godliness. He's, ever give, he's already given you everything, amen, he's already supplied everything that you or I would need to become what he has called us to be. And God called us to a higher location and a higher vocation, if you will. And we've got to go towards that calling. We've got to accept that calling. And, and it is through that that God adds to us exceeding great and precious promises. God doesn't just call us somewhere higher. He gives us a goal. He gives us something to strive for. And it is through this that Peter begins to talk about giving all diligence. And I want to recap for just a moment. Giving diligence means to speed or to hurry up. It means make haste. And he said, you got to be diligent. you got to hurry up to add, to furnish, to supply, to contribute, to minister. You can't be taking your time to just slowly ease your way into this kingdom and this kingdom culture. He's saying, you got to hurry up and give it all your diligence and give it all your attention. I know some people say, well, I get there eventually. In the kingdom of God, it doesn't work like that. you got to run full speed ahead and go as hard as you can towards God. Amen. Because we don't have time to waste. And so he said, give all diligence to add. To be an individual that has the culture of addition. That says, God, every service, you want to add something to me, go ahead. Every prayer meeting, if you want to add something to my spirit, please do. Every time I worship, I don't want to just worship and just go through the motions. But I'm looking, God, what's, what's happening in this moment? Uh, what, what, what are you adding to my spirit in this moment? I want to go to another level in my spirituality. 
And then we talked about that he said, add to your faith. Faith is a start. Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He said, add to your faith virtue. Virtue is where we talked about for many weeks excellence, honor, be honorable. He's saying add to your faith virtue. This is where we, we see the word praises, where he called us out of darkness, amen, that we into his marvelous light that we could show forth the praises or the virtue. When you come into this kingdom, you can come however you want, but when you live for God and you get beyond the faith stage where you're just coming to church, you just got a little faith, you got to add some excellence. You got to add some virtue. You got to add some things that are praise worthy. Amen. Somebody should be able to look at your life and recognize you're not the person that was in darkness I knew two years ago. People should be able to notice the difference. Amen. So he said, add to your faith virtue and a virtue add knowledge. This was specifically talking about spiritual knowledge or revelation. Uh, people that come into the kingdom and they, they hang out at the doorway or the hallway they just like to stay in the faith stage where I'm just, I just believe in God. And, and, and they stay there, and they just shout about the doorway, and they shout about all the basic things. But God doesn't want people to be just shouting over the basic things. Amen. We talked about here in the church, we want everybody to have knowledge. We don't, we don't preach and teach around here that ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. I think everybody ought to go home and grab their Bible and pick it up and start reading it. Amen. I believe a lot of people do, and I'm grateful for that. I think that's important. I think that's necessary because it's saying, I don't want to just, amen, come to church, have faith. I don't want to just, amen, show forth the praise or have a change. But I want to know God on a deeper level. Amen. I want to know God. I don't know about you, but I want to know God so deep. Amen. That that nothing else matters. I want to know. I want to know beyond just the basic doctrines we talked about for eight and nine months. What Paul said, if, or the writer of Hebrews said, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. He said, if if we could get beyond this, we would. If God permit, we would go on. And he was talking before about Melchizedek. We don't even have time to talk about Melchizedek or his cousin. Amen. Because often we get ourselves stuck at the doorway. We never get to the kitchen. We never find out what great things God has for us. Amen. And the Bible says to add to your virtue knowledge. You've got to add to that. Amen. Because you can't be an ignorant individual. Ignorant does not mean stupid. Please don't take offense to that. It means to not know. I mean, it's not the will of God for, church, for, for people to be in church 40 years and not know what they believe. After that, we add temperance. Everybody said self-control. Restraint. <laughs> Amen. We've got to add that temperance that says, I will be, the Bible says that the, that the man of God's got to be temperate in all things. As children of God, we've got to start showing some restraint. Amen. That's why uh, not only do we not go to some of the places we used to go, but we don't go to the excess that we used to go to. Amen. We, we have become people that are, uh, we've got ourselves in, con in control. Amen. I know people that before they came to God, their life was spinning out of control. Amen. And, and if you stay in that for the rest of your Christian existence, God has not finished his work in your life. If he's, never, if he's never helped you to restrain and rein yourself in, I know people that, that, that have been in church for a long time are still emotionally unstable. That is not the will of God. It's not the will of God. That is, that is not what I find in my Bible. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. I'll say that again. It is not the will of God that people of God are, are, in, are emotionally unstable. Amen. 
You've got to have temperance. Somewhere somebody's got to get the culture of addition and say, God, add that to me. Amen. And then we talked for a while about patience. Patience means cheerful or hopeful endurance. It's the ability to wait with a good attitude, which is a lot harder than it seems. Amen. We've got to have patience with ourselves. We've got to have patience with others. We've got to have patience amen, in church. We've got to have patience with sinners. Amen. Somebody, hallelujah. When they walk in the doors, don't expect them to get there as fast as maybe you got there. They may not figure it out as fast. We're going to work on them. We're going to pray for them. Amen. But, but it's not time to, uh, to, to, to start yelling at people. And, you know, we got we to have patience with people. Amen. The Bible says in patience, we got to possess our souls. Amen. Often we want the promises that God has given to us, but we have to understand that it comes by being patient, which is being cheerful and hopeful and, and waiting around for God with a good spirit and a good attitude. Amen. We've got to add to our faith. And then after that, he said, add godliness. We talked about this. Holiness, piety, separation. Before uh, we get too, too, uh, too far or if we finish with culture, we're going to talk about separation from the world. We're going to talk about modesty. We're going to talk about, amen, representing the kingdom in a proper light, amen, in our, our daily lives because that goes back to godliness. It goes back to holiness, amen. The Bible says that, 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 ha that some people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof, and we've got to stay away from that kind of mentality. We cannot allow ourselves to just appear godly, but we've got to let it be filled. We've got to be filled with holiness. We've got to be filled with godliness. And then the next thing he talked about where we're picking up here tonight, and i got to stop watch, so don't worry. We ain't going to go forever because I could go forever on these, I promise. Everybody say brotherly kindness. Oh, hallelujah. How many, hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to become a Christian tonight. <laughs> turn to your spouse and say, you're going to become a Christian tonight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a fact. We're going to talk about really being a Christian. Oh, man. I thought I could just come to church and just shout and dance and run. I didn't know I had to actually do something. Amen. Yes, you do. You got to actually be a Christian. Hallelujah. I know that sounds absolutely wild to our world, but brotherly kindness. That word means fraternal affection. Brotherly love. That's where we get the word Philadelphia. It's one of the churches of Asia Minor. It means the city of brotherly love. Amen. The love of the brethren. This is a, a sibling type love. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Brotherly love. For you ladies, sisterly love. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 and 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, notice he was a brother, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright, for you know that how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought carefully with tears. Now, there's a lot we could unpack there. But I want to start by talking about the verse that we talked about right before when we talked about godliness, adding godliness. 
which means holiness. And that's where most people, they'll, get, they'll even get in church and they'll start looking right and dressing right. And I love it. I think that's, that's all part of the culture of addition. We need to do that. And we're going to talk about that. I already said that. But in that, they, they take a verse like this. I've heard it talked and preached throughout uh, my 17 years of living for God. And they'll talk about it from this standpoint that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. you got to get holy or you're going to burn. But they take it out of context. Now, that is true. If you aren't holy, you're not going to stand before a holy God. That goes without saying, folks. Uh, there, the, 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 the Bible says that no flesh should glory in his presence. God doesn't, does, God doesn't allow flesh. Uh, the Bible says that the carnal mind is the enemy or the, is, the, is enmity. It is fighting against God. And so that is how our flesh, our carnal nature, our carnal nature is the very enemy of the Spirit of God. And, and we've got to allow a Holy Ghost to come into our lives, amen, and to purify us, amen, to make us godly, to make us holy. That's what the Holy Ghost does. People say, I got the Holy Ghost, but they're not holy. I wonder what ghost they got because it wasn't the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will make you live right. I promise you that. Hallelujah. My pastor didn't have to get up and preach, and he does. He preached on media, television, all that stuff. I just remember going home and sitting down on the couch, and there was blood, there was gore, there was stuff I knew wasn't right. And all I needed was the Holy Ghost to speak in my ear. Hallelujah. Some people, they need five weeks treaties with the pastor, amen, to figure out whether something's right or wrong. I ain't going to be a police officer. What you need is the Holy Ghost speaking in your ear. Somebody shout hallelujah. You got to have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what will convict you of sin. The Holy Ghost will tell you what's right. It'll, it'll compel you to do what's right. It'll convict you of what's wrong. Amen. And, and the Holy Ghost is what we need, and that's what's going to make us holy. But this verse is twofold. One, without holiness, no man's going to see God. You will not make it to heaven if you don't have holiness. Amen. But it goes right back to brotherly kindness. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Holiness with who? With all men. With your brother, with your sister, with your neighbor, with everybody around you. Amen. You got you, you, you to, Jesus would put it this way, blessed are the peacemakers. Not the peacetakers. Amen. Not, not you pulled out your peace and you were going to do something about it. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. You're not looking for an opportunity to go to battle and go to war. Amen. That's not of God. That's not holy. That's not peaceful. And that's not right. Somebody shout amen. He said that, that if you don't follow peace and holiness with all men, guess what's going to happen? No man's going to see the Lord. You don't got peace in your heart and you don't got holiness in your life, you're not going to make it to heaven. But it goes beyond that. No one else will see the Lord. And it goes to an evangelistic standpoint that if we don't follow peace with all men and holiness, nobody is going to see God through us. Amen. Nobody's going to see God through us. And immediately he tells us to look diligently lest any man fail at the grace of God, lest any root of 
bitterness. You got to follow peace and you got to follow holiness. Holiness, you got to get right with your brother. You got to be in peace with your brother. I'll tell you why because if you're not careful, there'll be this root of bitterness that'll get down into your heart and it'll begin to spring up. And the Bible says it'll defile many. Bitterness doesn't just hurt you, it hurts everybody around you. Amen. There's people that right now, as I'm preaching, teaching, screeching, amen, are struggling with bitterness. And that bitterness has begun to produce fruit in your life. And now you can't follow peace with everybody because you're bitter about what somebody did to you five years ago. And you've allowed bitterness, amen, because of what that person said or that person did. And what happens with bitter people is they start taking out on everybody else that had nothing to do with them. Man, you got to be careful of bitterness because you'll come into church and you'll start, you'll start seeing, I'll, I'll get up and preach and you'll go, the pastor said that because he doesn't like me. That's called bitterness because I wasn't thinking about you when I said that, I promise. Amen. And if I was, I'm man enough to call your name over the pulpit. Amen. But, but the truth is people allow bitterness to get in their life. And guess what? He said it's just like Esau because he was wronged by his brother. He was cheated by his, and now when it came down to it to find repentance, he was so full of bitterness and so full of guile, and there was no peace when he came to meet his brother. He didn't come with bouquets of flour. He came with 500 soldiers. He was a man of war turning every which way, looking who he could destroy next. you got to be careful with bitterness. Uh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on. We're going we're gonna to add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. But after we get through that godliness and that holiness, we're going to start adding some brotherly love, brotherly kindness, because we can't allow bitterness to get in our hearts. Somebody pray for just a moment. Hallelujah. This verse is in direct connection to godliness. Godliness, holiness. Is, is connected to brotherly kindness and brotherly love. Many think that they can have godliness and holiness toward God, but show no love towards their brother. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Amen. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he or she is a liar. Anybody who comes on Sunday, we're, I told you, we're going to be Christians here tonight. You all ready for it? You ready for the Bible? It's going to make us all Christians. That's from me to you. Amen. Anybody who says they love God and hates their brother, they are a liar. We're going to stop right in that moment right there. If you come on Sunday and you'll shout and dance and run, and we believe in that around here, but you got a problem with the person next to you, you got a problem. If a man or a woman says they love God and hates their brother, you are considered biblically a liar. For he that loveth not his brother who he can see, how can he love a God who he cannot see? We cannot say, oh, I love God. Oh, preacher, I just love God. I love God. But that person gives me problems. Mm, yeah, I love God, Pastor, but I don't like you very much. That's all right. I'm, I'm cool with that. But I love God, but I don't like sister so-and-so. I don't like brother so-and-so. I don't know. 
They just make me mad. They get on my every last nerve. They're always stepping on my toes. They're always doing this and that. And I know people that got problems with everybody else, but, but, but they're perfect and everything's great in their life. And there's no problems with them. They're always just so kind and so nice. And they will run everybody else down and say they're the one with the problem, but they are blind as a bat. Amen. They don't even have sonic location. Amen. Echolocation. They, they are so blind. They don't know that they're part of the problem. Amen. It takes two to tangle. If you don't like that person, amen, you need to go to that person. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, it is, it is impossible. Amen. We're, we're getting down to the brass tacks, folks. I, I, I want you to know that this is important to every revival church. If we don't get this, we might as well just close up shop and go home. Let's not have church. There's no point in running, jumping, shouting, saying we love God if we can't get right with each other. Amen. Because that's part of the culture. Amen. If we don't have a culture of brotherly love, no sinner's going to walk through that back doors and want to stay here. You know what kept me in church for 17 years? I walked into a church and they had their problems, I promise you. Everybody, every church got their problems. But there was, a, there was a spiritual atmosphere of brotherly kindness and brotherly love. And they loved one another. They may not always agree with one another. They may have problems with one another. But they did not allow that to hinder them from the ultimate goal. And that is revival. And so, hallelujah. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. If you are doing that, you're a liar. Because you can't even see God, but you can see your brother. How you treat your brother or sister is a very good indicator of how your relationship with God is. If everybody's got a problem... You need to pray. If everybody, well, I don't like this and I don't like that, well, welcome to the real world. I mean, go get a job somewhere and you won't like the boss and you won't like the coworker. And, well, I don't like dealing with people. Well, get over it. Welcome to the real world. You got to deal with people. You, if you don't want to deal with people, I think they're about to ship some folks to Mars and not everybody's going to survive. So go ahead and get on that train or uh, that, 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 that uh, sh space shuttle and you can get out of here. Amen. But, but for the rest of us that are going to stay here on Earth, you're going to run into people at Walmart. You're going to run into people on your job. You're going to run into people everywhere. So you might as well get over that little, well, that's my personality. No, you can't allow that to be the reason that you don't have kindness or love towards your brother or your sister. Hallelujah. First John chapter 2, we're going to go back two chapters. Amen. First John chapter 2. For you clock watchers, I'm going 29 minutes. Hallelujah. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. Oh, brother, I'm just such a great Christian, but I hate that person. I'm in the light, brother. So glad to be in the light. Trust me, I was down in the South long enough. I'm going to tell you, I, God bless the South. But they, they, could, they could shout, jump, jump, dance, run better than any of us combined. Amen. But they had hate towards somebody of a different race. I preached against that down there. I'll preach against that up here. Amen. But, but they, they, they have problems with people that don't speak the language. Well, you need to speak this around here. No, you don't. You speak whatever you want to speak. We'll speak love. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and the Bible says, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Guess what? Your ability to truly be a Christian, whether you are really in the truth, really in the church, really in the light, it comes down to loving your brother, loving your sister. Amen. 
and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. People that are always tripping and stumbling and, and, and well, I'm tripping over this and tripping over that. You might want to go back and check the love factor and the brotherly kindness factor, amen, because God will look at somebody that's a peacemaker and they're always trying their best to, to make peace with their brother, make peace with their sister. They're not, they're not tripping over things, amen. If, if, if somebody puts their foot out, I know people like this. If, I were to, if you were walking by and I put my foot out, what would you do? You'd look down, see my foot, and you'd step over it. You wouldn't stumble over it. But there's folks that are always looking for, this is what happens when you get bitter or offended. They, they get an offended spirit, and now they're looking for somebody's foot out so they can trip over it. I had a sister back in my home church. She, she, she ain't going to hear this. She, I don't know if she knows what the Internet is, but she, she used to come up behind me. I'm not kidding. She came up behind me, and, and, and I'd be in the altar, and she'd bump into me, and she'd fall over. And then she'd call the pastor and say, Brother Evan, knock me over. You think I'm joking. I'm serious. And I said, Pastor, he's like, is this happening every week, Brother Evan? you got to stop knocking old ladies over. I said, Pastor, I'm not trying to knock an old lady over. Could you tell her to stop bumping into me? Because if I knocked her over, I would have helped her up. I don't know. She probably was offended. Maybe I didn't shake her hand. I don't know what her deal was. But finally, she stopped bumping into me, and guess what happened? She didn't fall over anymore. Let me preach to somebody. Stop looking for reasons and opportunities to get offended at the person next to you. Oh, somebody shout, that's good teaching. Hallelujah. If you look for a reason to get mad at somebody in the church, you will find it. If you're looking for an opportunity to not like somebody, you will find it. I promise there's enough inconsistencies in my character. You're going to not have to look very hard and very far to find it. I'll open up my coat and start sharing them with you. Even if you want to get reasons not to like somebody, we'll help you find it. But we need a church culture that looks for reasons to show forth love. Lift up your hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. We need brotherly love in the church. We need brotherly kindness in the church. Sisterly love. Sisterly kindness. Not bitterness. Not offense. Not guile. We need people that are peacemakers, not war makers. We need lovers, not fighters. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. I love John. He's got a lot to say. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved. Man, he's got a lot to say about love. 1 John 3 and 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. You hate your brother, you put yourself in the category of Cain. You are a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Ooh, that's pretty brutal right there. You mean I, I, if I let bitterness and guile and offense and get into my spirit and I start taking out on other people in the church and that I might actually miss heaven yes yes actually you might hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us we ought to also lay down our lives for the brethren see the opposite it's easy to get bitter and offended and mad that's in your human nature that's a work of the flesh Show restraint, show patience, let all these other things, godliness, holiness, peace with all men. Let those things start coming out. And I know it's not easy. Uh, it's easy to be the first one to snap on everybody. 
That's easy. That's very simple. Anyone can do that. But it takes, this is why I disagree with people that say, well, Christianity's for sissies. Okay, hold on. If brother, brother Devin, if I were to punch you in the face, how hard would it be for you to punch me back? It wouldn't be very hard, right? Now, you just must be a very Christian, right? Okay, okay, just making sure he's really saved. You're really saved, okay? If I were to slap you around, how hard would it be for you to fight back? It wouldn't be hard. Why? Because you get angry, okay? What if I were to slap you in the cheek? How hard would it be for you to turn the other cheek? Very hard because it's not in your nature. Aggression's in your nature. Anger is in your nature. Bitterness is in your nature. That's simple. That's easy. But you know what it takes? A true Christian to say, oh, hey, you know what? You missed a spot. <laughs> can, you, can you give that one too? I need matching black eyes, please. Amen. That takes a lot of character, amen, to be able to do that. And he's saying go to the opposite extreme. Don't just turn the other cheek. Lay down your life. Instead of getting offended, maybe figure out why that, if, if somebody truly is going around and offending everybody, and they just, that you might want to take a moment and find out what's going on in their life. Amen. Lay down your own spirit. Lay down your own life. Lay down what you got going on because uh, you're really not the most important person in the world. Amen. There's a lot of people that, that need precedence too. Amen. The Bible says we should prefer one another. That means uh, forsake yourself uh, and find out about your brother. Find out about your sister. Amen. You might be having a rough day but if somebody's offending you you might want to go to them and figure out what's going on in their life to cause them to truly do that hallelujah lift up your hands and let's pray thank you jesus amen we're thankful god for your word we're thankful for your spirit oh god hallelujah first peter chapter 1 verse 22 the bible says seeing you have purified your souls and obeying obeying the truth through the Spirit, okay, you've, you've, you've purified your souls, you obeyed the truth, this is great. Unto the unfeigned, unconditional love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. We are not truly obeying the Spirit of God if we hate our brother. We are not truly allowing the Spirit of truth. We are not truly obeying the truth. Amen. If we do not love each other. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, guess what? It talks about loving one another with a fervent heart. That pure, fervent heart. Uh, you know, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure, but to the undefiled is nothing pure. Man, that goes right back to what I'm talking about. Everybody's offending, offending you and everybody's making you bitter. Uh, you might want to check your lens because your glasses are maybe off kilter a little bit. Maybe you need to get a new prescription. Because to the pure, all things are pure. When somebody steps on your toe, if somebody steps on my, on my feet, I actually assume the best about them. I try, now, it's not in my nature to do that. But I sure try that if somebody comes by and they, they stab a knife on my back, they must have tripped. <laughs> they slipped. They were running with scissors. I don't know. I try my best to think about all the reasons that they didn't really mean it. Now, that's not always the case. Some people really do have a bad attitude and a bad spirit. But... But, but you've got to try with a pure heart to love your brother fervently. Amen. Galatians 6 and 1. Galatians 6 and 1. Here we go. We're gonna, everybody say we're going to become Christians right now. <laughs> Brethren, sisters, if a person, man, woman, child, be overtaken in a fault. Ready for this? You who are spiritual, not those that act spiritual, <laughs> not those that appear spiritual, pious. You who are truly 
spiritual. Restore such an one in the spirit of humility and meekness. Why? Considering yourself also, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. True spirituality restores and lifts up. It does not tear down. The, the, this, is, this is where some people have missed it. They think they can be spiritual because how, 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 how loud they clap, how loud they sing, how high they jump, and how much they dance. That's not a determiner of your spiritual condition. It is, it is somebody that can get their toes stepped on, that can be offended by somebody, and see that person mess up, make a mistake, and they run to them, and they do their best to restore them. And pick them up. I want to tell you, we're going to have a revival of people that have fallen away from the faith. Amen. We're going to have a revival of people that have walked out of the church. They've walked out on God. And when they come back, there's got to be a spiritual culture. There's got to be a spiritual atmosphere that when they walk in, we're not, we're not walking around with our clubs ready to just beat them down. Amen. Finish them off and do the devil's dirty work. But we got our nets so that they don't escape again. And we're just trying to catch them, pull them in, and love them. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. We've got to be truly spiritual, folks. We, cannot, we can't fake Christianity. We can't fake this. Amen. That's why I hope nobody ever feel. I don't want anybody to ever feel like we're being judgmental as a church. I think people that come into church and they walk out of the church, they know where we stand on lifestyle. They know where we stand on dress. There's no reason to be like, wait, that's a little short, don't you think? Leave them alone. Restore them. When's the last time you prayed for them instead of criticized them? Why don't you get on your knees and pray and fast and say, God, get them back in the church? That is true Christianity. That is true spirituality. That is what the church has to have added to them from the Holy Ghost. Titus 1 and 8. Before we go, as you're turning there, Titus 1 and 8. The devil is known as the accuser of the brethren. Don't do the devil's dirty work. Don't help him out. He doesn't need any help. Amen. If the devil's too busy tearing everybody else down, we don't need no church folks getting in the cage fight with him. If you're going to get in the cage, you better start fighting the devil, not your brother, not your sister, not the person that walked out of church, walked out on God. You just, you just, you just got to get in there and love him. Amen. Uh, Titus 1.8, we're, we're, coming, we're coming down the home stretch here. Amen. Titus 1.8. But a lover of hospitality... A lover of good men. Hospitality, that's something that, that Elder Johnson's going to be teaching about here in a couple weeks. Amen. A lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Look for reasons to love your brother, not reasons to hate your brother. Amen. We've got to be a lover of good people. Man, I want, I, I want people to come into the church, and, and when we talk about one another, it's never, well, that person's just got this problem, that problem, this problem, that problem. I want you to know we try to practice something very strong at our home to lift the church up, to lift people up. It's, man, you know, brother so-and-so is just really, really, really passionate, and, you know, sister so-and-so is just really trying hard, and, you know, that, that, that kind of positive talk uh, where you are exalting and you are lifting up your brother and sister, you are being a lover of good individuals. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, 1. Let brotherly love continue. 
And be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds as, as if you were bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. He's saying you got to let brotherly love continue. And he's saying you got to look on those that are struggling and those that are hurting as if it was you, considering yourself also as the way Peter would put it. We've got to be the individuals that are looking at our brother that's struggling, looking at our sister that's struggling, looking at people that are hurting. Amen. And we got to, we got to consider ourselves. But also, I want you to know that, that if, you are, if you are in the church, we are part of the body of Christ. That we're all part of one body. And, and, and if this part of the body's hurting, this part of the body should feel it. Amen. This part of the body is doing great. The Bible says weep with them that weep. We all can do that. We should cry with everybody. But it also says rejoice with them that rejoice. If your brother or sister is being blessed, shout with them because it's as if God did it to you too. Amen. That means God's blessing. God's in the blessing business, and you're probably next. Amen. But also, if they're hurting, if they're broken, you got to be the kind of individual that says, you know what? Let me come and gather up next to them. Let me, let me, let brotherly love, let brotherly kindness, let let that fraternal love, that 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 sibling type love continue. But then he says this, and be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Amen. That's going to go down probably when we're talking about hospitality. Man, but he says that some have entertained angels unaware, which leads us to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 42. Amen. And we're gonna we're at 44 minutes. We're gonna end here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 25, verse 42. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you naked or sick? When did we see you in prison and did not minister unto you? Then he answered them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you did it not unto the one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. You've got to be careful, and we've got to be careful how we treat one another and how we treat people that walk in those doors. Because God could very well be sending in an angel unawares. God could very well be coming, amen, and he could be showing up, and we don't even know it. And Jesus is showing up for one simple reason. Anybody ever remember, they used to have, and I think they still do, anybody ever heard of secret shoppers? Okay. Secret shoppers. They, they show up, and, and they're a customer. They just, came to a, they just came to acquire, and they have a list of things they've got to buy from, from Walmart, and they show up to Walmart, and they buy it, and, and, and they see how the, 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 the employees treat them. They see how clean everything is. They see how nicely put together everything is. They, they look for all the inconsistencies with the vision statement of the company. And they come back and they give a report to their, to their boss. You know, I showed up. I went to ARC, Jesus. And sister so-and-so, she kind of yelled at me. Went to ARC and brother so-and-so, he just, he just ignored me. We've got to be careful because we're going to get to that place. If there's no other verse that has ever 
really, really, really gotten into my spirit and really kind of tweaked with the way I treat other people and I work with other people, it's this one right here. Because you never know when you're going to encounter an angel unaware. You never know when you're going to get that secret shop where God's just coming by and testing. Amen. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Amen. We'll finish this another time. Hallelujah. But let's pray. Add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience godliness and to godliness for, for the love of godliness. Let's add brotherly love. Let's add brotherly kindness. Amen. Let's, let's look for reasons to love one another. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We gotta we gotta have an atmosphere. We gotta have a culture of brotherly kindness and love. Amen. That when they walk in through those doors, they might be hungry, but we feed them. They might be thirsty, but we've got something to offer them. They might feel imprisoned, but we've got the answer that will set them free. I'll never forget. My home church was, we were in a position a lot like where we are now, where we're, we're attempting uh, to, to, to build a fund to get into a new facility. We were, we were starting to, you know, max out our parking and, and all these different things. And, 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 and church was, you know, doing all right. I was going through some struggles, things happening, some people leaving. And, and, and in the midst of this, we had this going on, that going on. This man walks in. In fact, he's taller than you. His shoulders were probably twice as wide. Brother Nick. But there's a big difference. Brother Nick, Brother Nick had been in Vietnam, and he had shrapnel in his brain. And so uh, we picked him up from a place called the Carlisle. It was, it was a mentally unstable, uh, for people that are mentally unstable. And, 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 and Brother Nick would come to church, and, and he would... He would testify to the church, and, and Brother Nick didn't always wear a belt. <laughs> Brother Nick was a big guy. He didn't smell the best. Brother Nick didn't have the best hygiene when it came to brushing his teeth. Brother Nick would have a conversation with you, and, and, and it was rambled and jumbled, and you didn't always know what he was talking about. But every so often, there'd be a moment of clarity. Brother Nick would start quoting chapters of the Bible. Chapters he memorized while being in Vietnam. But that shrapnel, I don't know if it just touched the other part of his brain. He'd go back to being Brother Nick. We prayed Brother Nick through the Holy Ghost. We baptized him. We picked him up. Every service, we drove and we got him. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't let the fact that he didn't always look as presentable. He didn't, he didn't have everything together. We didn't let that affect us. Brother Nick... Christmas Eve died and went on his way to receive his reward. And it wasn't very long after that we had explosive revival. I'm talking about there was there was there was just it was it was just tens and tens and twenties and twenties of people praying through and getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized and people started joining the church and people started getting their lives right and people started praying through and 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 all I can look back on that time is is the only person we had visiting the church at that moment was Brother Nick. Dirty, stinky Brother Nick. But God wanted to know, will you love Brother Nick? Will you have a culture? 
that has got brotherly kindness, even for the least of these. Church, we're going to have revival. But if we let God add this to our church, add this to our culture, I promise you this, God will look down on our church and say, if you'll love the people nobody wants, I'll start sending you people everybody wants. I've done teaching. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Church, we, we've got a culture of addition. And that addition says here tonight, let's add brotherly kindness to our culture. Let's add brotherly love and sisterly love to our culture here as a church. Let's let it permeate to where we are known as the most loving church in the entire city. That we just love one another. We pray with one another. We work with one another. We forgive one another. We endure with one another. We conquer with one another. It, it, it just goes beyond. Church, I want to open up this altar. Would you come and let's pray. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been, you've been offended by some things. Maybe there's some folks that maybe you don't agree with how they did this or how they did that. And it's all right. Why don't you make your way to the front and say, Lord, add to my faith brotherly kindness. Add to my life fraternal affection for the church, for my brother, for the visitor that walks in the door, God. Come on, folks, let's pray. Church, that's what's going to bring us revival right there. That is what's bringing us revival. We love one another. By this, all men will know you're my disciples. If you have love one for another, affection one for another. Come on, church, let's pray. Come on. I don't know about you, but I love the church. I love the church. I love everyone in the church, every man, woman, and child in the church. I love every singer. I love every musician. I love every usher, every greeter, every visitor, every saint. I pray I want to have that affection and that love in my spirit. Somebody say, Lord, add that to me. Add that to my spirit. Add that to my faith. It may not be in my nature. It may not be in my personality. But God, help add it to my faith. It's a faith factor. It's a faith thing. Add it to me. Add it to me. church. God is adding to our faith right now. He's adding to the culture of our church right now. It's a spiritual moment. God added to us, added to us. Come on, wherever you are, why don't you find somebody that's appropriate? Go ahead and pray with them. 
Let brotherly love continue. Let sisterly love continue. Let that. You may not know what they have struggled with, but I want you to know they need to feel strengthened. The church. They need to feel strengthened by their brother, strengthened by their sister, strengthened by the leadership. Come on, we need to let it flow out of us. Well, that's it, church. We're having the Holy Ghost is moving in this moment. Come on. This is what produces revival. Brotherly love. Sisterly love. Come on. That's what's producing it. It's a culture that's right. It's an atmosphere that's right. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. 